Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Exurgat Deus Dissipentur in Amici Eius, et Fugiancio Derunteum Apache Eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let all those who hate him flee from before his face. It's interesting. Whenever I'm doing news crawls, I manage to find a bunch of stuff that's worth talking about. I just pulled down an a uh, an article about human trafficking, and now we have from the Gateway Pundit headline: "We unearthed bombshell revelations: serious IRS move against Christians." Well, this is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Archangel, defend us in prayer. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolios opraecidium. Imperet ili deus supplicas de precamur, fiuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimo miserere novus, mater dolorosa ora pro novus. Beatus Carlos domo Austriae ora pro novus. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
So from the article, quoting, Why in the world does it have 26,000 pages of documents related to the Word of God? The Internal Revenue Service during, Barack Obama, during the Barack Obama administration infamously targeted Christian and conservative groups denying them tax status so they had to withhold their comments about what was happening to the nation during that election year. And a recent Newsweek investigation revealed that the FBI has a new classification for those it suspects of harboring, quote, domestic terrorist components, MAGA supporters, many of whom are Christian. Now a report from the American Center for Law and Justice repeals, uh, excuse me, reveals that it, the IRS is still at it as litigating as litigation involving the Federal Service has revealed it has 345,000 pages of documents related to targeting Christians. In fact, the litigation shows more than 56,000 pages of IRS documents relating to the Bible, 115,000 relating to Christian, 26,000 relating to Word of God, and 50,000 relating to prayer. The ACLJ reported, quote, just as Newsweek broke the story that the FBI is targeting MAGA supporters of Donald Trump as the 2024 presidential election nears, we unearthed bombshell revelations in our FOIA lawsuit showing that the Biden IRS is also targeting Christians. The report explained that Joe Biden and, the FBI, and FBI chief Christopher Wray both have a, quote, history of targeting conservatives and Christians, which the ACLJ recently proved in another FOIA lawsuit against the deep state FBI, close quote. It cited the Newsweek reporting that confirmed, quote, the federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that, seek out, uh, that seeks to track and counter. Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers, close quote. The ACLJ reported, quoting again, such a report by Newsweek is unsurprising because of the Biden administration's past transgressions of targeting political opposition. The ACLJ knows firsthand about the deep state's tactics after the IRS Tea Party targeting, and more recently, from the FOIA lawsuit we filed against the IRS after we found out the IRS was now targeting Christian groups, refusing, again, to grant them tax-exempt status. Because of its earlier confrontations with the IRS over the agency's discrimination against Christian groups, the ACLJ sought a list, a long list of documents. We specifically asked for documents related to, quote, the Word of God, Bible, Christian, prayer, etc., the group said. When the Biden administration refused to comply, a lawsuit was filed. While the, states, excuse me, while the case still isn't resolved, the ACLJ said, we now know the IRS has 345,000 pages of documents related to targeting Christians, but the list of the terms involved and the sheer volume of documents are shocking. Regarding the term Word of God, the IRS has 26,000 pages of documents, and regarding prayer, the IRS has over 50,000 pages of documents. The organization wondered, why in the world does the IRS have 26,000 pages of documents related to the Word of God? We've caught the IRS red-handed in its unlawful targeting of Christian groups. We aren't buying the, IRS, the IRS's complaints about the volume of documents, so we're going back to court to ensure we receive all the needed documents. The report said Christians should be outraged to know that their federal government violated religious liberty in such an egregious fashion. <clears throat> now, 
if only that was it. This article, written two days ago, as I record this, this article should be taken in context with the other things that are going on around the world. And with the other things that have been going on for the last several years. We know the IRS, or excuse me, the FBI has been infiltrating traditional Catholic groups, looking for domestic extremists, etc., right? We know the FBI was willing to call parents who complain at school board meetings domestic terrorists. We know, while the Gateway Pundit focuses on the MAGA aspect of things, we know that the Biden Department of Justice, the Biden administration as a whole, and most of the people involved with all things in, in, in the American left and with the establishment majority, we know that they see Christians and Republicans at large and the more traditional you go, the more dangerous. Like, this is easily put together. All of the pro-lifers, I don't know if you were aware of this, but most of the pro-lifers who, who made it into the news because the FBI showed up at their door at 6 o'clock in the morning, knocking to find out, knocking to so that they can make an arrest with, you know, 15 cars full of heavily armed agents with long rifles at the breakfast table, Most of them have been Catholic. More than that, most of them are actually fairly traditional-minded Catholics. Even it, And keep in mind that while most traditional Catholics have some kind of access to the traditional Latin Mass, not all of them do. My field of range has recently been cut short to where I've had to make some very, very difficult decisions lately. And I've had to decide what is most optimal. I've had to make some serious, serious analyses, and I'm not entirely sure I've settled in on the right answer, but I've settled in on an answer that, for now, is going to have to suffice. So, for those of you who remember, and for those of you who don't know, you will recall, <clears throat> if you listen to this podcast for any period of time, you know that I, that I have been an attendee at the Society of St. Pius X. Well, the nearest chapel is more than 200 miles away. And with the increase in gas prices and with the increase of food and everything else, I have not been able to make that trip regularly. So I'm working out a few other things. But in the meantime, I do know a priest who wants nothing more than to unleash the traditional Latin Mass. He is the type of priest that does not allow... sacrilege that he's tr that he's aware of. Now, it's not to say that he doesn't notice some things here and there that he can't really say one way or the other because he doesn't have definitive evidence. <clears throat> but he offers a reverent mass. He offers it in as close to traditional style as his bishop will allow, which is quite close indeed. And the only deleterious side effect is that his homilies are significantly longer 
as he engages in traditional Catholic apologetics in, defen in defense of the, of the apostolic mass and of traditional Catholicism. Which, I gotta be honest with you, um, if you already know what he's talking about, then it can seem a little bit boring. But if you don't know what he's talking about, he is a very, very, very well-educated priest. So it's very rare that he's not touching on at least one or two things that, you know, you just didn't know. In my case, it's very rare that he's, I mean, let's be real, I'm, a, I'm not a theologian. I didn't, I'm not a professional Catholic. <clears throat> so the, a lot of things I didn't know. But that's really the only deleterious effect, is that his homilies are longer, and he spends more time trying to advocate for the traditional Catholic faith, for what, is, for what we would call traditional Catholicism. And if I had to choose between that and a very actually overtly in schism chapel, It's not an easy decision to make. And in the coming months, many more Catholics will probably have to make it. I wasn't happy about it. I was perfectly content to, ce to celebrate, to assist at the celebration of Holy Mass in what was very obviously a community that was very much engaged and tied in with traditional, with traditional values. And some of whom listen to this podcast. <clears throat> you know who you are. I'm talking to you. I'm not going to name your name because eventually, you know, you're not actually in the public space. You, <clears throat> you know, you've been a friend. You've been friends and fellow parishioners for a while. <clears throat> but that is why I haven't been down there is because I can no longer afford to make the trip. The, and I pray that. Uh, I pray that the apostolic mass is unleashed because even though even though in this parish the priest is very very traditionally minded the fact is is when he was celebrating the traditional mass the apostolic mass there were more than twice the number of parishioners in attendance and that's compared to the reverent Latin Novus Ordo. There were more than twice the number. The pews were nearly full when he was celebrating the Apostolic Mass, and they are now half full when he, cele when he celebrates the, the, the Latin Novus Ordo. And the pews are almost empty for the, Nova for the regular Novus Ordo Masses, even though he treats them as reverently no matter what. And he does still celebrate the TLM during the week, but that's not the Sunday obligation. So the effects are somewhat the effects are still somewhat different. <clears throat> it's it's disturbing. The fact is, is that the enemy has always hated Christ. And so while traditional Catholics 
are much, much smaller in number than regular Catholics and dramatically smaller in number than any, than any uh, quote-unquote traditional Protestant sect. <clears throat> the fact is, is that traditional Catholics are a much greater threat. The devil knows this, which is why the FBI doesn't understand what it's doing. And in all honesty, I, I believe that they don't understand. <clears throat> There's a war coming. They do know that. What they don't know is that they've already engaged in it. And that many of them are on the wrong side of the line. When you look back at everything that the, that America has done, I am convinced that we were the burning mount that we are the burning mountain in Revelation, in 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 Saint John's Apocalypse. I believe that is the case. There has been no nation. Yes, everybody goes. Well, they're the errors of Russia. Well. <clears throat> Yes. But where did those errors come from? You dig a little bit, just a little bit, and you find Americans who provided Nazi Germany, Russia, with the greatest weapons to use against the church the greatest weapons to use against the faith. We've been, to some degree, many of us, most of us, have been hapless rubes, just going along, following along with the propaganda, never once considering that the devil isn't going to tell you that he's running an organization, is he? Now think about this. Traditional Catholics, all, all traditional Catholics who are, who are within the sound of my voice in this podcast, I want you to think for a moment. Did Francis come out and say that the devil made him do it? Has Pope Francis mentioned the devil at all? I mean, he barely mentions Christ, but has he mentioned the devil at all? Of course not. Because if he came out and said, the devil made me do it, the devil, like, I'm, I'm in league with the devil, then everybody would stop, look, and go, oh, no, we don't want to have anything to do with that. Well, Catholics would anyway. But instead, what they've done is they've slowly eaten away at the truth of the gospel. They've poisoned the waters of life with wormwood. That's why the first one talks that, <clears throat> seriously, that's why there is specifically a star that falls and poisons the fresh water. Burns up the grass. Burns up the trees. And then there's a separate one that's thrown into the ocean and turns the ocean to blood. The poisoning of the fresh water Wormwood, with wormwood in particular, with absinthe, is poisoning the, the waters of life. 
The oceans are not the waters of life. There's just a bunch of stuff in it. The oceans is the world. The seas are the world. So the burning mountain cast into the sea is destroying the world and all the inhabitants thereof. Sinks, sinks a third of the ships, destroys a third of the churches. This was not an attack or a chastisement related to the church. That is a purely worldly prophecy. The burning up of the grass and the poisoning of the fresh waters, that is the church. Because the fresh waters is a direct is a direct correlation to the gospel. When Christ is speaking to the Samarian woman, or to the Samaritan woman, excuse me, and said, if you knew who was talking to, you would ask me and I would give you the waters of life. Fresh water. Pure water. Drinkable water. But the ocean is the metaphor of the world. The ships, those are the churches. The parish churches, the local life, the, dios the, the diocesan churches. That's how those two things separate. And the burning mountain thrown cast into the sea, I am certain, because the burning mountain is a reference to the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire was the burnt mountain in Ezekiel. <clears throat> and the only reason why I'm convinced it was it's America and not Russia. Russia is to be the tool of the chastisement. Russia would spread her errors because there was no nation that embraced those errors like Russia did up until now. But we created those errors. We created those errors and we sent them on their way and Russia simply embraced them during the Bolshevik Revolution. They simply embraced them and brought them to their natural end first. And after seeing what happened, we still adopted it all. We meaning the rest of the world. We saw what happened to Russia, and we adopted all their crap, which was dumb. Because <clears throat> make no mistake about it, the difference is, is that like we put together the whole communist propaganda, or what would become the communist propaganda, and then we set it out into the world. We financed the Bolsheviks. I mean, Trotsky went to Russia, Russia under Lenin, and then Lenin, with 17 allies, 17 allies, went out and basically took over the whole country. Overthrew, overthrew the Tsar. Now, the Tsar wasn't being particularly faithful. This was not terribly surprising. But then again, you can kind of expect that from the Orthodox, who have abandoned their sanity in some very vital ways. Mostly on marriage. And that's important. The reason why the why the decisive battle, the reason why Our Lady of Fatima says, you know, Our 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 Lady tells Sister Lu Lucia that the devil that the devil is keyed for the decisive battle, and that decisive battle is on marriage and the family, and that's what destroys Russia. 
That's what took down Russia, was that weakness already there in the, founda in the fundamental foundation of civilization, which is the family unit. It is not the individual. It is the family unit. And because that crack, those fissures were already extant in, Rus in Russian society, when the Bolsheviks showed up, it was a very easy nudge to just push them over the edge and have them embrace any witch away. And given the fact that, like I said, because those cracks were already there, the faith was weak. It was tremendously weak. And once Russian society had crumbled in the face of Lenin, Lenin, who is a precursor of the destroyer, if <clears throat> Abaddon, Apollyon, or Exterminatus, he was a precursor. Because that's exactly what he did, and he celebrated it too. You read his writings, you'll find you'll find that he talked very often about how he would how they would come in and destroy everything. He wasn't about building, he was about destruction. That was his shtick. And he did it fantastically. And the communists and the Soviet the Soviet Union was never the same. They're still not the same. The difference is, is that Our Lady is now making inroads. And so while they're still a little bit broken, I'm confident that by the time Russia makes its move and actually is the instrument of, of Our Lord's chastisement, they will be just about ripe and ready for a massive conversion. And say, well, that should have happened instantly already. Really, should it? I mean, does God not spend a lot of time in sacred scripture saying, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts? <clears throat> that you could not possibly have the comprehension of what God has in mind? They said it would be obvious. Didn't, didn't mean that it was going to be obvious in a way that we would preconceive. Only that it would be obvious that it was Our Lady who held the victory. That's it. Period. Full stop. End of story. That's it. We like to make a lot of assumptions about these things. Now, these people who are targeting Christians in the United States, these people who are doing everything that they can to hobble and hinder the graces that people feel driven, feel compelled to try and unleash in America, they have no idea that they're working towards their own destruction. They don't. Seriously, they honestly believe that we are the ones, that we Christians are the ones who are actually making things worse. And it's been a fantastic, fantastic campaign. They've done a spectacular job in convincing people. And I say that, and here's the thing, I say that knowing full well, specifically because... my friends and my family can be shown the things that are destroying the world. And the moment I make the recommendation that they apply that which the church teaches, in their head, their 
intellect is so clouded that you would think I told them that they should partake in the things that are destroying the world. That's the way they treat. Hey, well, this is actually the solution. That can't be the solution. That's just your opinion. Really? Because it wasn't just my opinion for 2,000 years. For 1930 years, from when, from when our Lord went to the cross and, and, and rose again, for 1930 years, that was not the case. These were not my opinions. I'm telling If I'm telling you that which our Lord gave to the apostles and that the apostles handed down to us, this was understood by 100 generations. 100 generations of believers. Such that the greatest, most glorious time in history was not under these United States, was not under the Roman Empire, but was at the height of Christendom circa the 10th and 11th and 12th centuries. The height of Christendom. It's a very, very different conception. But because we've had it beaten into our heads from when we were toddlers, that Christendom was actually oppression, that feudalism was the worst possible scenario, that monarchy is evil, that the Catholic Church committed atrocities, which pretty much all were lies. And it's not to say that bad people didn't do bad things, but, well, I'll use January 6th. The vast majority of people who were present at the Capitol on January 6th committed no crime. There was a whole segment of people behind the Capitol, over by the Supreme Court, who literally did nothing but pray the rosary. Vast quantities of people never made it into the doors of the Capitol, let alone made it past the barricades that were, take, that were themselves taken down. The vast majority... had nothing to do with anything that happened. <clears throat> and people wrote about the Spanish Inquisition who weren't even in Spain, who didn't even witness it. The Spanish Inquisition was the most advanced tribunal. And people forget that we're not talking about like 30 or 40 years. This what The Spanish Inquisition didn't start in like 1534 and then end in 1599. The Spanish Inquisition did not end until 1968. Let me say that again. The Spanish Inquisition was not officially closed for 400 plus years. 400 years. And in those 400 years, they managed to only prosecute and convict roughly the same number of people who died in the World Trade Center in 9-11. Only roughly that number. Now, 
anybody who's ever studied the Civil War would understand that 4,000 people over 400 years is actually pretty good, considering the Civil War lost 4,000 people a day. To say nothing of the First and Second World Wars. To say nothing of the Holodomor in Ukraine that claimed 25,000 people, I think, a month? No, it had to be more than that. The Holodomor claimed a million lives in one year. So it was almost 25,000 people a week. Seriously, wrap your head around that. Almost 25,000 people a week. It's right around 4,000 a day. Which was the same number of people who were tried and convicted and punished and sentenced to death. I don't even think all of them were sentenced to death. Because they were only, because as, as I understood it, there were 4,000 convictions and 3,000 death penalties. In 400 years. So how bad was it really? I mean, they say Bloody Mary, Mary Queen of Scots. I think it was Mary Queen of Scots. Bloody Mary, they blame her for the deaths of 250 Protestants under her Catholic persecution. Her sister would outdo her by a factor of three, however, because more than 750 Catholics were tortured and burned at the stake under her reign. So good Queen Bess had thrice the blood as blood. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Bloody Mary. And such is the case for most of church history. Things happen that could easily be taken out of out of context, that could easily be blown out of proportion, or just fabricated outright. And we all act like we're surprised that they, that everything, like seriously, <clears throat> the church was founded by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Christ the King. Truth made flesh. Founds the church upon St. Peter. Upon St. Peter, he builds the rock of the church. Truth made flesh, established the Catholic Church, and said, Pass on what I have given to you. Go, go forth and teach all nations, and baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we act like it's a surprise that Christ's church gets lied on. We are the principal weapon against the devil. We are the principal army that if we conform ourselves to his will, we'll defeat evil. And you want to act surprised that everybody makes lie, makes up lies and fabrications about the Catholic Church. People want to say, well, you know, this, that, or the other. Well, if you believe that the church is evil, then you're going to believe the lies. But if you're a faithful Catholic, if you're a faithful Christian, you believe the Word of God, then ultimately, the more you search into the Word of God, the more you will find out that the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is the only place by which man can be saved. And the mechanism is to Christ through Mary. And like, well, why? Because God made it so. Because he was the one who made the choice. And we went more than a thousand years without him directly intervening in any kind of special way. But when he shook the sun out of the sky for 70 to 100,000 people across a 33 mile radius, so that everyone within 33 miles of that event saw it. He declared quite fundamentally to Jesus through Mary. If you took nothing else from it, the fact is the sun danced in the sky. The fact is that was witnessed by hundreds of thousands of people. The fact is that it was witnessed not just in the little city, in the little town of Fatima, just out, you know, at the, uh, at the cove, just outside of the town of Fatima, but for 33 miles. Everyone within 33 miles witnessed it. People at school witnessed it. Looked out the window and said, hey, the sun's changing color. And oh my goodness, it's tumbling towards the earth. 33 miles worth of people. This isn't like some mass hallucination in a, in a confined space. 
This was 33 miles in radius. Hundreds of thousands of people. The records are still available. In fact, if you want proof, look up Our Lady of Fatima, go to the Wikipedia page. On the Wikipedia page, the, there will be a little picture with an excerpt and it has like a little tan piece of paper, like a tan sheet with, with a couple of photos on it. If you click the root link and trace it back to what it's actually tied to, you will find the documentation in Portuguese of the events in full detail, including the chronicling of what was discussed in the, in the Freemasonic Atheist Communist newspaper, as well as all of the pictures that were published and a full-on explanation of exactly what happened. Why am I pointing you to Wikipedia? Because there's not a worse source. If you wanted absolutely anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Christianity, anti-Catholic rhetoric, that is the way, that's the portal that you would normally go to to have the church lambasted about so many of these black myths. But you go to that portal, you go into that page, you go and trace it through and go to the government's documentation, the government of Portugal's documentation of the events on October 13th, 1917. And it will tell you in very clear terms that this was a Marian apparition and that 100,000 people witnessed witnessed this event. They saw it. Now, some people are going to, oh, well, that's very interesting. My best friend is actually of this, and I want to beat him over the head with a sledgehammer every time he manages to look at it, sees it, and then it never quite registers that he should probably look further into it and examine his opinion on the whole thing. It's funny. My family and my friends regard me as one of the most intelligent. I'm not saying that I regard myself this way. I'm, a pr I'm pretty much a dumbass, okay? But my family and my friends regard me as pretty much one of the most intelligent people that they know. That I'm reasoned that I will look through things thoroughly, that I do my freaking homework when I'm talking about a topic, and that I will not lie to them. And despite that, well, a prophet has no honor in his own town. So despite the fact that they regard me in such high regard, the minute I bring this up, every last one of them to a man, woman, or child shuts down. And I worry because every time they do, they were given an opportunity to embrace the truth and they refused. And that means potentially that every person I know, every person I was close to in this life will be condemned to hell. And I'm not interested in joining them because I would like to at least have some love and regard for them in eternity, even if they don't share it. And they won't share it. There is no charity, no grace, no mercy in hell. None. Charity, mercy, and grace only come from God. And hell 
is the one place God isn't. So no charity, no mercy, no grace. Now, I do want to shift a little bit. On occasion, I don't usually, but on occasion, and I think increasingly, I've begun wearing, like I carry a rosary and then I wear one. I have a coat where thanks to the remnant, uh, remnant newspapers, efforts in replicating the patches that were worn by the army of the Vendée. I have, a, I have actually three of those patches and whatever coats I do generally have in active circulation get those patches sewn on them. Wearing a rosary has not traditionally been a thing for me except that it was one of the, it was part of the part and parcel with the uniform of the Cristeros. Just like wearing the Sacred Heart as a patch on, on, the, uh, on the left breast of the coat was the uniform for the Vendée. <clears throat> and this is kind of important, because I said uniform in both cases. Now, the Cristeros also wore scapulars, um, what appeared to be larger scapulars than what you would normally like. The roughly scapulars right around the same size as the purple scapular of benediction and protection as as uh, prom as uh, given to our uh, given by our lady to Marie Julie Jehenny, um the the uh, Breton stigmatist uh, woman who had uh, who pose who was um, gifted with the holy stigmata for close to I think thirteen or fourteen years more than Padre Pio <clears throat> I think I may. I know, I know she, I know she, she was gifted with the stigmata longer than Padre Pio. But the Cristeros wore rosaries and scapulars as their uniform. The Vendée wore the patch, the Sacred Heart patch, sewn to the, to the left breast of their coat. Now, I thought about getting a tabard or a surcoat with the, uh, you know, with one of the variants of the cross, either, you know, Knights Hospitaller, uh, the Teutonic Knights, maybe the Templars or whatever. I thought about doing that. That seemed a little bit much. <clears throat> I don't just wear them to proclaim my Catholicity. Although they do that. I don't just wear them to outwardly promote that I'm a Catholic. They are battle uniform. I wear them because most people don't understand that we are currently at war. I wear them as a reminder that Catholics fight. We pray we fast, we do penance. But there comes a time when it is appropriate to fight. 
when it is appropriate to make war. We did it in the Reconquista. We did it as conquistadors. We did it in the Vendée. We did it in the Holy Land. We did it during the Christiata. We will have to do it again. <clears throat> Mexico had been a Catholic empire. The leader of Mexico was the Mexican emperor. Until the Freemasons and the Communists. And during that time, when the time actually came and it could no longer be tolerated, the Cristiata began. And the Cristeros stood up, shouted, Viva Cristo Rey, and they fought. France, the eldest daughter of the church, had fallen to Freemasonry and Communism. Now, they didn't call it Communism, but if you examine what they were doing, it was Communism. And they fell so far, and the Vendée stood up. Now, I wish Franco had a better, better publicist, but today we have the, Car the Carlists in Spain. And it was the Carlists who fought the Spanish Republicans, the Communists, and the Freemasons when Spain was originally falling to, Freem to Freemasonry and Communism. I'm not getting a red beret. I wore a maroon one in the military. I'm not wearing a beret now. <clears throat> but that was the uniform for Spain. Italy had the Zwabs, the papal Zwabs, who, who literally fought for the Pope, who actually fought as members of God's army, fought against the Italian Freemasons. And I'm not getting their wacky uniforms because they actually had a, they had a pretty legit military uniform. <clears throat> that, would be a, that would be a bridge too far. But in particular, during the last 500 years, we have fought when need be. When they went too far, when they started getting way out of control, when they started infringing on the things that they claimed were, were human rights. And at last we come to the point. We're going to have to fight soon. I don't know when. God willing, honestly, I hope that, you know, the great warning and the chastisement come first because I really, I'm, I'm not keen on it. My most, my, <laughs> the vast majority of my adult life was war. And I got to be honest with you, I'm kind of over it. So I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. But I wear the Sacred Heart patch 
and I now wear a rosary in addition to keeping one in my pocket because it's much more difficult to, well, it's easier to grab my rosary out of my pocket than it is to remember that it's hanging around my neck. I wear them as a reminder that we are eventually going to have to go to war. That's eventually going to be a thing. We are eventually going to have to go to war. We don't want to. I got that. I don't want to, certainly. But sooner or later, they're going to push us. They're going to push us too far. And we're going to have to, and we're just going to have to suck it up and do it. And it's not going to be the function of everybody. The Cristeros were supported by their women and children. They fought and they were supported with smuggling of weapons and arms and, and, and ammunition and all that. And then, of course, you know, the camp functions of food and, and, and all that. And when the Vendée got lazy, their women came out with frying pans and forced them back onto the battlefield. Now, how funny is that? Their women came out with frying pans and forced them out back out onto the battlefield. You're not coming home until you've actually fought this fight. Very Spartan. Come back with your shield or on it. Just, I mean, inspiring. Beautiful. <clears throat> I don't know yet the stories of the Carlists in Spain. I know some of the stories of the Papal Zouaves. Truly magnificent fighting. And I don't mean necessarily the battles themselves. I mean, you know, they, they've won some, they lost some. It wasn't, and obviously, ultimately, they lost the war. But the stories that came out of the battlefield, the heroism, and I don't mean heroism in a war-fighting sense, I mean the virtuous heroism of Catholics. The piety of these men. It's the, kind of, it's the kind of devotion to God that brings a tear to your eye, gets you feeling all misty, and makes you want to cry. Because it's that beautiful. And it's like that I mean, if you've never seen the movie For Greater Glory, they messed up pretty much everything that had to do with America in the war, but they showed it so perfectly. The horrors of the battlefield and the Catholic virtue of those who were fighting. Just beautiful. Beautiful stories. And someday soon that's going to be us. It'll be us writing those stories. And if we do it right, then those stories will be recorded with our names in the Book of Life. And if we don't, well, you know how that goes, too. If you have a way to put the reminder on, and I don't mean, don't get me wrong, 
there's there's a place for cheeky for cheeky patches that say stuff like time for another crusade. Uh, thank you, by the way, Builder Mike again. Um, you know, the cheeky crusader patches are, you know, there's a place for that. But if you can post something that reminds you of the reality of the war that we're already fighting and where that war is probably going to go, even look, and this, it may not be the end days. We may, we may have another hundred, two hundred thousand years, whatever. But we're in a situation now where it's going to get rough. It's going to get bad. It's going to be that level. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to resist. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to do penance. We're going to have to do all of that. And I have the distinctive feeling that we are much closer to being forced into a position to take up arms than not. We cannot ignore We cannot ignore the fact that the federal the federal government is in our churches. We cannot ignore the fact that they're spying on us, that they're watching us, that they're doing everything that they can to humiliate and harm us because we advocate for life, because we advocate for morality, because we advocate for virtue, because we advocate for the things that bring peace and pro prosperity to the world, not just to our families, but to the whole world, to our communities, our states, and our nations. We advocate for these things because we know them to be true, and they are threatened by that truth because their truth has been largely responsible for the destruction of our society for the last 150 years. Because their truth has been nothing but a Luciferian lie boiled out of hell. And that's just a fact. And for those people who are on the fence, who are looking and going, you know, either you're Protestant or you're just a, a conservative, but you're not really Christian, I will ask you, can the truth coexist with a lie? Can they coexist? Why am I using the word coexist? Specifically, I'm addressing those stupid leftist bumper stickers where they say literally the word coexist, where the C is, is the Muslim crescent moon. The O is the yin-yang. The E is a regular E. The X is usually a star of David. They manage to squeeze or they'll squeeze a menorah in there or something along those lines. And it usually ends, the last letter is usually the, the Christian cross. Now, I will ask you, notwithstanding the other pagan religions, can Islam coexist with Judaism? I want you to look in Israel right now and tell me that Islam and Judaism can coexist. Because if you're an Orthodox Muslim, then what they're doing in Israel, then what Hamas is doing in Israel right now is the way. To quote the Mandalorian, this is the way. That's the way. If you're, if you're an Orthodox Muslim, what's going on right now on that Hamas is executing and Hezbollah soon to be after is the way. 
Can that coexist with Judaism? Can that coexist with Christianity? Oh, they can be forced into an uneasy truce. But they, under, but they understand only violence and brutality. They have no problem lying. It is in their holy books to lie to the infidel. And who's the infidel? You. Whether you're Christian or Jewish or pagan, you. You're the infidel. It is perfectly okay to lie to you. It is perfectly okay to treat you the way they are treating all of those people that they've taken prisoner, all of those people that they've kidnapped, all of those people that they've killed. That half-dressed woman in the TikTok video who was, dan who was dancing when they, fought, when they jumped in and then they raped her and killed her and put her body on public display and drove her through the streets, that is the proper way for them to treat you. So you tell me, can that coexist with anything else that's not it? You don't get the Ten Commandments from Muslims. You got the Ten Commandments from the Israelites. And I'm separating the Israelites from the modern Israelis. We got the Ten Commandments from the Israelites. And then the Son of David, Christ Jesus, King of the Jews, truth made flesh, comes down and hands that off and everything else so that we can actually follow in the spirit of what those Ten Commandments are actually saying. So that we can follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost, the breath of God, you might say, if you want to get romantic about it. And we spent 2,000 years proving no, Christianity, the truth, will not compromise with lies. Cannot compromise with lies. Of the big three, the only one that can actually, quote-unquote, coexist is modern Judaism. I mean, for those who think that that's a benefit, great, whatever. But modern Judaism is the only one that can coexist. And even they would not coexist willingly. Because while this war has popped off, it has distracted us from the fact that the Orthodox Jews in Israel have been attacking Christians in Israel. So I ask you again, can these three things coexist? The ultimate answer, the one that no one wants to admit, the one that is the truth, no. Because if Islam is the truth, then everything else is lies. And if Judaism is the truth, then everything else is lies. And that includes Hinduism, Taoism, 
all the forms of paganism. It includes all of them. And since Christianity was founded by truth made flesh and established his one holy Catholic and apostolic church through Peter, the apostles, and their successors, there is only one church that is the truth. And y'all can get mad about it. I know that there are a lot of Protestants within the sound of my voice who are starting to feel a certain kind of way about what it is that I'm saying. And I don't care. Menefrego. We're here for the salvation of souls. And I don't care about your feelings. I just don't. You get with the truth, or you don't. If you decide not to, that's on you. And when your weak, sissy, little soul starts to speak out and blame God for the truth he established, you'll know that your damnation is complete. Because God won't blame you. He'll just look and say, you had an opportunity at the truth. And just because you didn't like the messenger doesn't mean that what he said was not the truth. Period. Full stop. End of story. And it is not charity to deny that. It is not love or compassion for someone to deny what is true. I was Protestant. I was an occultist. I was a Gnostic. I was deep into Rosicrucianism. And I was starting to dig in Thelema when God decided to intervene. I was on all of those paths. When I was looking for some place to, to hang my hat, I looked into, Muslim, into Islam. I looked into Hinduism. I looked into Buddhism. And when I found my Lord not there, I kept looking. But the hardest hurdle that I had was realizing that the life I was leading while I was still searching for the truth was an abomination was detestable in the eyes of God. And it was by far my most frequent back and forth with God. Had to do with specifically the lifestyle that I wanted to live, the things that I wanted out of my life, and the fact that it was quite clear that God said, no, these things are not for you. And if I can admit that, if I can see that, I can tell you that what I've seen in other people has been the exact same story because the human condition doesn't change. The thing that is keeping you from converting and truly believing the gospel, from assuming the faith of our fathers, from actually conforming yourselves to that which is right, good, true, and beautiful, is your life and the lifestyle you want to lead and your obsession with pleasure, comfort, and relaxation. In whatever forms, be it food, drugs, or sex.
Those are the building blocks. Those are the three basic ways that the devil gets in and makes sure that you do not get a chance to see your salvation, that you cannot look at the things that you are consuming and see them for the detriment and harm that they're doing to you. For women, it's feminism. Feminism expressed in its ultimate form is lesbianism and transgenderism. But it's still feminism. For men, it's sodomy. Not necessarily homosexuality, but it starts with sodomy. It starts with fornication. And it's so base. It's so <clears throat> denigrating. We instinctively know it. That's why we have to brag about it like we're proud of it. But the fact is, is that we know it's disgusting. All of us, men and women alike, we know it's disgusting. That it's not an expression of love. It's using another human being or thing for the express achievement of getting a, nar a literally narcotic pleasure. Because the dopamine and the norepinephrine and all the, like all of the, the hormones and chemicals that slosh around the brain in the act, we're addicted to that. And we're willing to do whatever it is that we, whatever it is that we have to do to achieve that. And the thing is, is the more we chase that, the more depraved and nasty and dark and vicious our appetites become. The more we chase that, the more of an animal we become. And you can see the people upon whom it has set I mean, it's physiognomy, it, like it is the expression of sin in the physical body. You can see it on people's faces. What's more entertaining is actually you can see it in the church, too. Look at some of the most depraved and derelict priests and then compare them with the most holy. You can see it. It's visibly different. It's visibly different. And I would use as point of comparison two priests, well, three, two in particular. Bishop Joseph Strickland and Bishop Athanasius Schneider. And compare them to the whole rest of the, of the College of Bishops. Compare them amongst the Cardinals. You can see it. No, you didn't lose the feed. I let that go a little too long. My mistake. Sorry about that. The, the moral of the story, those of us who have converted, we don't want to be pushy on those of you who haven't yet. Seems rude, plus it didn't work for us. 
I came back to the church with a single sentence from Pope Francis. And the foundation of my catechesis came from Father Robert Barron when he was still Father Father Barron and he was doing the Catholicism series. And by some strange convoluted way that led me to traditional Catholicism, to being a to being an orthodox minded, traditionally minded Catholic. And those of you who are trads understand all of the hang-ups about Francis and all of the hang-ups about Bishop Barron. <laughs> it's very obvious. But they were my path. They were my path to where I'm at now in the church. And I'm still feeling out our new bishop. I do eventually want to find out and try to figure out and isolate. And, and mostly, I want to know: Is he going to force the issue with Traditionis Custodis, or is he going to, or is he going to step up as a bishop and say, "You know what, Father, do what you must." Is he going to look at the well-being of the faithful in his diocese and say that is more important than how he looks to Pope Francis? And I don't know. I don't know what that answer is going to be. But I'll fight that fight while I'm waiting on the other one that's coming. And I would recommend that you do the same. Ora et Labora. We pray and we work. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.